a blizzard of backlash on China, freedom of speech, and terrible contracts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about a bit of a hot button topic. And that topic is China, Chinese censorship, and actually what is happening right now is a kind of pre-censorship from the various corporations in the United States and elsewhere. And this story was brought to my attention primarily through a story that happened, I believe, over the weekend in respect of a competition that Blizzard was holding uh, for its Hearthstone tournaments. And it says here, I've got an article up from Inven Global, the esports company, that says Blizzard has removed Blitzchung from Grand Masters and banned him from competing in Hearthstone following his on-stream Hong Kong protest. Last Sunday, Hong Kong Hearthstone player Ning Blitzchung Chung caused quite the stir. As reported by Inven Global, Blitzchung appeared on the official Hearthstone Taiwan stream after his Grandmasters match, wearing a gas mask, before shouting, Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Age, in protest against China's actions in the region. Blizzard has released a statement about the incident, and they are not happy with Blitzchung's action. He's receiving no prize money for Grandmasters Season 2. We're going to talk about that in just a second has been removed from the league and has received a competitive ban for one year. Blizzard will also not work with the two casters in the video anymore. The full statement can be read below. So we're going to absolutely look at that statement and in particular the contract language that they have used to justify their actions. But just in terms of background and to take a step back a little bit, I want to talk about issues that folks get conflated, right? I titled this video as being about China and the First Amendment. And one of the things you see on social media, one of the things you learn in law school in the United States is exactly what the First Amendment says and what it doesn't say. It's one of those weapons that's used pretty constantly in social media now, which is that the First Amendment doesn't talk about private companies or private actions. I've pulled up the First Amendment text in case you don't know it right here from Cornell, uh, the site that we use a lot to talk about the actual statutory text, the primary source material. And it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. I've highlighted the main concept here that we're discussing today. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. And one of the things you see on social media, which is absolutely correct, but perhaps used in a fashion that isn't useful to the discussions that are happening there, is that this amendment doesn't talk about what Twitter can do, doesn't talk about what Facebook can do, or what Blizzard can do. Blizzard can do whatever it likes to its employees, to its people that are related to it, like game players, and it can say, we are not interested in having you espouse those ideas, having that speech and being associated with our brand. It happens all the time in the United States. In fact, people get fired all the time for going out there either with direct customer relationships and saying things that aren't uh, in favor of the company that they work for, or now in the modern age in 2019 on social media where they might say something that reflects poorly on the company or that the company thinks reflects poorly on it, and they are suspended or they're laid off. 
That's really the function right now of the Twitter outrage mob is to go and find people that have said bad things and to get them fired for saying those bad things. And we can discuss whether or not that's appropriate at another time. Personally, I think it goes a little bit too far in many, many instances, but that's completely separate from the question of whether the First Amendment applies. It doesn't. That being said, the First Amendment in the United States represents a certain philosophical stance that the government shouldn't be able to abridge your freedom of speech because freedom of speech is something that is important. It is important for people to be able to speak freely. And to some extent, penalizing that speech, whether you're the government or a corporation, can be looked at from a kind of philosophical perspective about whether or not you are in favor of the overall concept of freedom of speech. Here, Blizzard has evidenced that they don't want this kind of speech. And what we're going to look at in the contract terms is how broadly they have described their powers here. And as a lawyer, in my opinion, vastly too broadly. Not to say this contract is illegal, but if I were to advise a client on looking at a provision like the one we were about to discuss, I would advise them strongly to not enter into that contract, to not perform those services because of how draconian the actual terminology is. And when we look at that, how we can look at Blizzard as a company that philosophically is against a freedom of speech concept. And we're going to look at them in counterpose to the NBA, which is having the same issue this weekend on a completely different set of tweets. But we're going to look at that and we're going to look at how they're handling it. They aren't handling it well either, but they're handling it better so far than Blizzard has at this point in time. But in order to have that conversation, it's important to look at what the actual language says. So here's Blizzard's statement. During the Asia-Pacific Grandmasters broadcast over the weekend, there was a competition rule violation during a post-match interview involving Blitzchung and two casters, which resulted in the removal of the match video-on-demand replay. Upon further review, we have found the action has violated the 2019 Hearthstone Grandmasters official competition rules, section 6.10, and is individual behavior which does not represent Blizzard or Hearthstone esports. 6.10 is found below. Now, we're going to look at that term. Interesting that they say it does not represent Blizzard or Hearthstone. It never would. In general, whenever you make a statement on these kinds of things, you say it's not the statement of the company that's broadcasting you, it's not the statement of your employer. Whenever you're saying something that doesn't relate specifically to your business, that is understood and also a recommendation, if you were to talk to a lawyer, that you make that disclaimer very specifically. Now, I own Hoaglaw, so I don't have that disclaimer on my Twitter page, but other people that are related to larger law firms or that are otherwise tweeting on social media or putting posts on Facebook very often have a disclaimer that either goes on every post or tweet or on their header that says, these are my thoughts and not the thoughts of my employer or anyone that I'm affiliated with. You can still get into trouble on those kinds of questions, but overall, it's okay to have your own ideas. And as long as they are generally not offensive to huge amounts of people, that's going to be something that is largely acceptable until you're targeted by a Twitter outrage mob or otherwise. But here, Blizzard takes a stronger path. Here's 6.10. Engaging in any act that, in Blizzard's sole discretion, brings you into public disrepute, offends a portion or group of the public, or otherwise damages Blizzard image, will result in removal from Grandmasters and reduction of the player's prize total to $0 US, in addition to other remedies which may be provided for under the handbook and Blizzard's website terms. So that's a lot. 
I said earlier in this video that I would not recommend entering into services with a term like this, but we have to understand why. So first of all, they've taken every single bit of language that you can put in a term like this, and they've made it as blizzard positive as possible. This is no middle of the road provision. If you're talking to a lawyer, if you're negotiating a contract, you understand there are basically two bounds, right? There's a bound that is buyer favorable. There's a bound that's seller favorable. In this case, employer, employee, consultant, uh, company, whatever it might be. And you can go all the way to the edge of one of those. Or ideally, you come up with a position that protects both sides in a fashion that is reasonable to each side. Here, that's not the case. They say engaging in any act. So not just acts related to what you're doing in Hearthstone, not just acts that are related to doing what you're doing for Blizzard. This would not be limited in terms of statements to just the fact that this was broadcast on a Hearthstone broadcast. This could be any act, even in your own home, if it were to come out, if it were to leak out that you said something positive about Hong Kong or what have you. Any act in Blizzard's sole discretion. So Blizzard can act unreasonably here. This language says it doesn't need to be a reasonable discretion. It doesn't need to be something that relates to what we're about to describe. It's just our opinion of whether it does this th thing. And we have sole discretion to determine that. So that's two periods now. Any act and sole discretion where they have taken as far a strong position as possible in their favor. Brings you into public disrepute. Okay, that's fairly normal language. If you become disreputable to the public eye, that's potentially a place where we want to sever ties. Okay. Offends a portion or group of the public. Now, I want you to take a step back. You're listening to virtual legality. Probably you're pretty active on the internet. You're on social media. You're on YouTube. You've read YouTube comments, whatever it is it might be. Is there anything on the internet that anybody has ever made that couldn't be described as offending a portion of the public? Some people's very existence offends a portion of the public. So this is as broad as possible a definition for when Blizzard can take action. If you engage in an act that in our sole discretion offends somebody, somewhere, portion of the public, then we can do these very bad things to you. We can reduce your prize total to zero dollars. Now that's an interesting one. I don't usually see that in a term like this. We can take what you have earned by providing services to us, by providing content to us, we can take that winning and we can reduce it to zero dollars after the fact for an act that you've done. It's a really interesting concept, right? Let's say somebody has made $250,000 from Blizzard or maybe a million dollars and Blizzard can go and find something that they said once on Twitter that they can determine offended a portion of the public. Can they take that money back? Get the content that they broadcast, get whatever advertising revenue that they received, whatever benefits they got from broadcasting that tournament, and then reduce the player's prize total to zero dollars. It would seem that they can. This is one of those reasons why I say, no, no, you should never, ever enter into an agreement like this. If I've earned it, you pay me what I'm owed, and yes, then you can sever ties and suspend me or whatever, but I've already performed that service for you. This is a bad term. And really, honestly, if somebody were looking at this, they would identify it as a bad term and not allow their winnings to be reduced to zero dollars for something that is tangential to what services they've actually provided. So that's the term that Blizzard is making this claim on. They also apply this to the casters as well. And this article goes on to describe why that is, that the actual broadcasters were encouraging this statement uh, to be made. Blizzard says that after this investigation that they made about this whole thing, they're taking these actions to prevent similar incidents from happening in the future. 
Of course, taking away all of his money uh, for an after-the-fact statement seems a little bit draconian to me, but that is, in fact, what's happening. Now, we talked earlier in the video. This isn't a First Amendment violation. This is just a company acting for its own benefit. And we've talked a lot about fiduciary duty. We've talked a lot about businesses and how they have to try to maintain shareholder revenues, profitability for their company. It's clear looking at this that they've determined that the stance of liberating Hong Kong, being in favor of that against the Chinese government, is more harmful to their overall revenues than beneficial to it. And so they have taken this stance. Now, I also titled this video a blizzard of backlash. One of the things that's happening throughout social media, both in this case and with respect to the NBA, is people, especially in the United States, especially in pro-democracy type nations, responding to these kinds of issues and saying, all right, well, then I'm canceling uh, Battle.net. I'm getting rid of Blizzard. This has made me upset. Now, who knows whether or not they're going to follow through on these kinds of things. But I would also offer one of the things that I have said before in virtual legality in respect of these kinds of questions is that Yes, businesses have to go make the most money. And yes, businesses that take any kind of political stance or any kind of green stance or any kind of stance at all that isn't directly related to their making widgets and putting them on store shelves are doing it in order to ingratiate themselves with the community. That that ingratiation also depends on whether or not people are offended by what they have done here with respect to China. And so while this isn't a First Amendment issue, it is a philosophical freedom of speech issue, and I take no issue with really anybody standing up and saying, this is an unacceptable behavior, Blizzard. You have to think about what you're doing to these folks, and I'm going to start trying to make it clear that there is a cultural cost to taking on that stance. To me, that's the, essentially the flip side of the coin to saying, yes, I am more in favor of buying those shoes or participating in E3. Hopefully, if you're the ESA and you saw the video that we did on their, uh, on their uh, PowerPoint presentation with respect to what E3 is supposed to be, and saying, yes, I like that you are doing social good, so I'm going to support your company. In this case, saying, I don't like that you are doing social bad, so I'm not going to support your company is perfectly reasonable. And it doesn't have to come down to whether or not it's illegal. I don't think anybody thinks that what Blizzard has done here is illegal, but it certainly can have a negative ramification for how they are perceived. And that's how the NBA has found itself over the past couple days as well. So I've pulled up here a TechCrunch article because it's just phenomenal that these both happened at the same time. And this TechCrunch article is called Chinese Firms Tencent, Vivo, and CCTV Suspend Ties with the NBA Over Hong Kong Tweet. It says, Vivo, which is a key sponsor for the upcoming exhibition games to be played in Shanghai and Shenzhen this week, said in a statement on Chinese social networking platform Weibo that it was dissatisfied with Rocket's general manager Daryl Morey's views on Hong Kong. In a tweet over the weekend, Morey voiced his support for protesters in Hong Kong. He said, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. So very similar to the Blizzard story that we just saw. Then... The NBA responded by saying, we recognize that the views expressed by Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey have deeply offended many of our friends and fans in China, which is regrettable. While Daryl has made it clear that his tweet does not represent the Rockets or the NBA, as we talked about earlier in this video, the values of the league support individuals educating themselves and sharing their views on matters important to them. They go on to say, we have great respect for China, et cetera, et cetera. But just like we saw with the Blizzard issue, a number of people came out and said, 
that's not acceptable. You can't just have the NBA kowtow to the Chinese government because you allow everybody else to talk about politics in your league all the time. And that's pretty accurate. In fact, you could argue that some people like the NBA because folks like Steve Kerr or other stars within the league chime in on all sorts of political topics. They all have very strong stances on President Donald Trump, for instance, and the NBA allows them to have those in press conferences and in scrums after games when reporters ask them these questions. And so to take this stance specifically on the China question was really interesting to folks because that's not something that the NBA usually does. And they received the same kind of backlash that Blizzard has already received throughout social media from the United States, from their American audience that says, hey, you know, he said a political statement, absolutely. You don't have to agree with it in, in, its, in its entirety, but you also don't have to, you know, suspend him. You don't have to make it known that you disagree with what he said. So I've got here another article from a place called Crossing Broad, which I'm not familiar with, but had a, the, the actual statement that NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has made today where we can start to see, we talk a lot about messaging on this channel, we can start to see the NBA start to say, okay, that's a lot of backlash. We are going to try to walk this line. We have to walk some of this back. And so they actually made the following statement. They said, I recognize our initial statement left people angered, confused, or unclear on who we are or what the NBA stands for. Let me be more clear. Over the last three decades, the NBA has developed a great affinity for the people of China. We have seen how basketball can be an important form of people-to-people -people exchange that deepens ties between the United States and China. At the same time, we recognize that our two countries have different political systems and beliefs, and like many global brands, we bring our business to places with different political systems around the world. But for those who question our motivation, this is about far more than growing our business. Values of equality, respect, and freedom of expression have long defined the NBA and will continue to do so. As an American-based basketball league operating globally, among our greatest contributions are these values of the game. So before we get to the rest of the statement, stepping back, now the NBA is saying, okay, that first statement looked a little bit too pro-China. We got a lot of backlash from our American friends. Now we have to establish that those values that you want to associate with our brand, those goodwill chits, to go back to that ESA PowerPoint presentation about E3, those goodwill chits that we want to cash in are necessary here now to say, hey, we are all about equality, respect, freedom of expression, all those things that Americans say they like, if they like them or not, is an open question depending on what day you find yourself on Twitter. But all these values that they say they like, you can find those in the NBA. In fact, continuing with the statement, one of the enduring strengths of the NBA is our diversity of views, backgrounds, ethnicities, genders, and religions. 25% of NBA players were born outside the United States, and our colleagues work in league offices around the world, including in Beijing, Hong Kong, Shanghai, and Taipei. With that diversity comes the belief that whatever our differences, we respect and value each other and what we have in common, including a belief in the power of sports to make a difference, which remains our bedrock principle. It is inevitable that people around the world, including from America and China, will have different viewpoints over different issues. It is not the role of the NBA to adjudicate those differences. So note, note this stance now. This is the second. This is the corrective statement from the NBA, but compare it to what we just read from Blizzard. However, the NBA will not put itself in a position of regulating what players, employees, and team owners say or will not say on these issues. We simply could not operate that way. In other words, yes, we can say, wow, 
We thought that statement from the Houston Rockets general manager was disrespectful of China. But when we get all that pushback, we're a corporation. We have to make money for our membership, for our teams, for our league. We have to do that. When we get that backlash, we have to go back and we have to reconsider our position. We have to say more strongly that we're in favor of freedom of expression, that we will not regulate what our players, employees, and team owners say or will not say. This is what it means to have a kind of freedom of speech dialogue. It's not about the First Amendment. The NBA wasn't wrong in saying what it initially said about the Houston Rockets in terms of being illegal. But a lot of people found it wrong in terms of morality, in terms of political philosophy. Whatever it is that might motivate you to get up there and say the NBA is wrong on this, people found it. And that forced the NBA to re-examine what it had earlier said and to try to re-message itself. Now, will this succeed? I don't know. This is just more words on a page, just like the words in the tweet before were just words. And we don't know. We can't speak to what the NBA's overall governing philosophy, except if you follow virtual legality, you know what the philosophy is. It is to make the most money for the people involved with the league and its operations as possible. And yes, that means espousing certain values and virtues because certain people find those values and virtues worth espousing. And you want to attach your brand name. You want to attach your league. You want to attach your company, your industry, whatever it is that you are trying to advocate for to those values. So when I say it's not a First Amendment question and you feel very strongly about Hong Kong or China, espouse it. These companies don't have souls. They don't have social values. They don't have an actual desire to make the planet greener, to do X, Y, or Z, to fight for or against democracy or communism. What they can react to is what their market participants find important. And that's what's happened with the NBA. So if you look at something from Blizzard Activision and you say that's unacceptable, that's not what I want to see happen in my world from the video game company that I love, that I love Overwatch, I love Hearthstone, I love Diablo, whatever it might be, it is not just shouting into the wind to go out onto social media to say, I'm going to cancel Battle.net, I'm going to cancel Blizzard, I'm going to comment on these things. And if someone tries to shut you down by saying, well, they have the right to do that, the answer to that isn't, no, they don't have the right. Absolutely, they have the right to do that. And I have the right to not buy their products, to not buy their services, and to tell everybody on earth why I am not buying those products or services. That's my right, and let's see who wins the day in the end. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We talk about these kinds of things all the time. If you like this, please like, please subscribe. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it on a podcast, thank you so much for listening. Please share it around with anybody you think might be interested. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.